I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good afternoon. At the tone, Pacific Daylight Time will be... It's 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock. One step closer to my own personal health. This is Primetime on Sports Radio 1080 The Fan. We expect the best. We're not afraid to break someone. Do you hear me? Primetime is your source for the best in local, regional, and national sports. Go ahead and clap. Mediocrity deserves applause. Isaac Rob, I'm miserable. I had to get up at 10 o'clock this morning. Jason Sakanik. I'm a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude. Primetime on 1080 The Fan. All right. Welcome back. Hope you have a nice little Wednesday. Thursday. Wednesday? Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. It's Rob and Souk. It's your sports bros. I'm Rob. That's Souk. Uh, we've got uh, Ryan Buckley over there, everybody. Hello. We're ready to party now. We are uh, cutting it a little short tonight. Yeah, we got duck basketball. Just a wee bit. Yeah. The ducks, big in the ratings. They'll be taking over at 6.30. Oh, the people love it. People go crazy for the brush. Yep. Not just Oregon basketball, but Oregon pregame basketball. And in Folly Dante doing his thing. Dunking all over <laughs> fools. Yeah, did you see that dunk he had? Uh, I can't say that I did. Yeah, well, look it up, it bitch. A, it was a big deal. Put him on a poster. Hell yeah. <laughs> it was actually really cool. They did a side-by-side with the Freddie Jones poster dunk over Arizona State, and it uh, looks pretty similar. Okay. Um, polar bear attack news. Oh, that's not good. So now we have to worry about polar bears. So getting kidnapped at uh, Bikini Baristas and polar bears. God. Between that and the border, what are we going to do? This country is going to hell. Yeah, polar bear attack in Hawaii, of all places. <laughs> that's always the last place you would think. Think you go to Hawaii, you're safe from polar bears. They're invading. <laughs> Not so fast. They're floating. They on. finally figured out. Man, this is cold. <laughs> it's get out of here. This sucks. Why don't I just? It's nice and warm down they here. They migrate now. <laughs> They're like the new sharks of the Pacific. <laughs> you no longer have to worry about shark attacks. You're more worried about a, a bear swimming up and getting you. We also have the latest fashion trend in U.S. suburbia. I wonder if you can guess that. Uh, I'm guessing it's going to be something that I don't understand that will scare and frighten me. Well, I don't know about that, but. You might be able to guess it right. if you think about that. Well, everything's coming back. I mean, fanny packs are here for God's sakes. Well, but think about something that's influencing how people dress. All right, I'll see if I can see if I can noodle with this. Um, hot NFL coach talk is coming up. Hey, I saw. Do you have, do you like tennis? Of course you do. Everybody likes tennis. Whoa, tennis duh. is great. More of a pickleball guy myself. There was a um, so they're playing the Australian Open. Mm-hmm. And there was a 70-shot rally. That's insane. Today. 70. How long did it last time-wise? 
longer than you would think because I watched it. Uh, I don't I don't know exact time, but I would say maybe mm, four minutes. No, less than that. Minute and a half, two minutes. But it was long. It's like, oh my god! So you start by so the second you watch it, yeah, you'll start counting. You start counting, and then you'll lose count, and then you just watch it, and you're like, oh my god, it's still not over. I would think it's like maybe two seconds every for every hit, right? You hit it, it's like one one thousand two. So I, I yeah, I think yeah, right. you, you give you a rough idea. Seventy shots seems like a lot. I don't. Is there a record? Do we do we have a ah? Good question. <laughs> I looked that up. So I think my record for playing tennis is probably about four. So if you don't know tennis, a rally would be, that's just one point. So yes. 70 shots. So each guy technically 35 shots, right? Yeah. And it ended. Do you want me to spoil it for you? What do you got? Will you be watching it? Probably not, but. Okay, well, then I'll spoil it for you. All right. Because probably no one's listening, right? It's just me and you talking. Pretty much. Well, Buck's here, kind of. I'm listening. Will you Will you wa- watch this? I mean, I don't want to spoil it for you because you would think like a seventy-shot rally. You're like, oh my god, and you can, you can spoil great... it for me and everyone else. I'm guessing some dummy just hit into the net. Well, it builds and builds and builds, right? So it's like, oh my god, how's this going to end? We've now given everyone who doesn't want it spoiled ample time to bail out. Right, cover yours if you don't want it spoiled. It's actually pretty fun to watch. But uh, what is the best way for a seventy-point rally to end? Right, in between, probably a, in between the legs, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. sort of Some miracle, miracle trick yeah. shot, that, overhand smash, yeah, or like a right, put away, or what do they call it? Yeah, an overhand smash. I don't think that's what it's called. Yeah, right. With, like when, when you have the big mop, with like, and you, yeah, when you, yeah. I think that's a, I think he's right. I think that's a smash. When you have the kind of shot that like you hit so hard down on the other side, it's unreturnable. Yeah. I think that's a smash. And when it's, you know, that's what they call that? I'm yeah. with Buckley on this. Aren't you the tennis I played guy? Tennis, and I don't remember. What do you that's call? Right. I don't Rob know. calls it the overhand thingy. Oh, I dropped an overhand thingy on him. He never saw I it. I just coming. hit it real hard. And he didn't return it. This is a spike. I don't know. I don't know what it's called. It's not Are you a volleyball, volleyball player? Are you playing Top Gun? I'm pretty sure it's a smash. I'm with All Buck. right. All right. God. But it lasted about a minute 37. Yeah. Anyway, it ends with a guy hitting the net, and it pops over and drops on the oh, other yeah, side. I see it right here. <laughs> I Which just, is so I, maddening for I the guy who loses. Because it's like he didn't actually have a chance. Yeah, I mean that's like that's how it ends, right? Like you want someone to win it, not someone yeah. to think about not that. have a chance. You put all that effort yeah. into it, right? Yeah. And then it just ends. Like either way, whoever loses that, you know, you just got to be like, why did I even try? I hate tennis, and I'm quitting. <laughs> this is the losers stupid. Just walk From off. the internet, a smash is a tennis shot that is hit above the hitter's okay. head in a serve-like motion. Smash. It is also referred to as an overhead. An overhead. Okay. All right. I'm still trying to think of what we used to call it, and I don't even remember. Um, the record. For most shots in a in a rally, rally. in a point, yeah, six hundred and forty three. Were they trying oh, to break a record? I was going to say that I don't know. Has to Man. be intentional. I don't know. That's what internet says. <laughs> That's that is insane. That has to be so three hundred on both sides. That has to just be two old people just going back and forth saying, "How long can we keep this?" Well, you'd think you would choke at some point, right? Right. Because you start, you start getting your head, and you're like, oh, well, that and just I can't it, miss this. And if you're really playing like high competitive tennis, there's just no way your legs, you're, you're, you're gonna. It's just no possible way. You just you would wear out. It happened, six hundred and forty three shots. So that was at the Australian Open. Kind of cool. Yeah. If you want a little viral vid. And well, like I am by no means a tennis uh, aficionado, but I do try to watch the majors, like when Wimbledon is on the U.S. Open. But can we all agree that the Australian Open is like the worst? open of any like golf oh, yeah. tennis it's like eh. 
Yeah, it's hey, not, you won the Australia, it's but it's great. Like, like, what? I like it because it's on late at night. It's like the, yeah. it's, it's on later than any other live sports, which is just a, it's like well, a from a novelty standpoint. I figure it's a little bit like the PGA Championship, and that like if you're if you're growing up to in, in golf, your dream is to to you know either win the Masters or to win the British, right? Or the U.S. Open, and then the U.S. Open, like Phil. But I mean. Does anyone grow up and like, man, if I could do one thing in golf, it's win the PGA. It's awesome, but it's not the Masters, it's not the Open, yeah. and it's, it, you know. Well, I will say, so in that show on Netflix called Breakpoint, it's yeah. a reality show, they feature, um, oh, what's his name? What's Who's the real flamboyant guy we, uh, we talk about? The the Curios, Curios, yeah, Curios. He's always swearing. And, He's Australian, yeah. and they and they feature him in there, and they do talk about how when you're from Australia, that's, a, that's the tournament. Yeah, but yeah, for the nine, of that, yeah, for the nine people that are that are professional tennis players from Australia, the rest of us, no, nah, it's get a out little here. redundant because it's hard court, and, and, it's, and we, you know, come we, on, we Roland Garros. Yeah. I do think of the Australian. Or, one I mean, not like, Roland Garros, but. Uh, um, Arthur Ashe Stadium, right? Uh, what's Flushy, the, is it Flushing, Flushing Meadows? Meadows. Yeah, Flushing yeah Meadows. I, I feel like the Australian Open is like the party major. It's like the fun one for fans to go to. Yeah. It's like it, it's like it's less esteemed or prestigious than the French or, or Wimbledon, and you know the U.S. Open is the U.S. Open. But yeah, yeah. that's like the the fun start of the schedule. Right. It's like winning the Slovakian Open. Like whatever. <laughs> go away. Well, it is a major, but you, you can't mm. all majors. You know, it is interesting. Like you have sports where. All majors should be equal yeah. and awesome, mm -hmm. but they're just not. No. Like you just you you have to power. There's right. a hierarchy of majors, yeah. and I feel like the Australian is the bottom of all the majors. All right, right now, it is time for the hot five at five. Oh, hot topics, hot opinions. Oh, darling, I'm hot today. And hot air. It's time for the hot five at five. That's hot. The Hot Five at Five on Primetime with Isaac and Sue. No, I mean it. That's very hot. The Hot Five at Five with Isaac and Sue on 1080 The Fan. Number five. I do have tennis news. Uh, hampered by a bad hip, Rafael Nadal ousted in round two of the Australian Open. Yeah, he doesn't care because it's the Australian Open. He'll rebound in time for the French. Straight sets by uh, American Mackenzie McDonald. A fun viral video to watch for you. The 70-shot rally between two bros happened today, so that's kind of cool. A big get for your Mets, outfielder Tommy Pham, one year, six million. The final piece is in place. Remember, Pham... Uh, he's the guy who slapped Jock Peterson over fantasy football. Yeah, apparently he's very violent. Like, he does a bunch of MMA stuff, and he's a high-T guy. We don't need Carlos Correa anymore because we got someone that's willing to kick you in the nuts. He also got stabbed outside a strip club, right? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, San Diego. Got yeah. a fight. Yeah, he got knife. Seems like he's got a bit of a, a Bringing bit of a, a little tip. edge to the Mets. <laughs> yeah. About time. A little sauce. Jeff McNeil's too boring. <laughs> Jeff McNeil is kind of boring, but all that, all that guy does is hit singles. Number four. Aaron Rodgers says uh, <clears throat> what the Packers do in the offseason will decide his fate on whether or not he'll return or play elsewhere or retire. Well, they can. T he does not have a no-trade clause, and despite the, the, the contract looking untradeable, if they don't pick up his option, and they basically have until the start of camp to do that, he can be traded. Like the, the the cap hit after June first is not awful. It's forty something million, but it's split over two years. Now the team trading for him, 
that's a little sticky because they, you would assume, have to pick up the option, and then he's an astronomical hit as far as, as going somewhere else than what trade ca- or draft capital you'd have to give up to get him. So he can be traded. It's just a little, it, it's going to be a little sticky. Uh, he says that uh, if he comes back, it would be to win another ring and would only play with a roster he thinks is capable of winning it all. Uh, one other note, kicker Jason Myers gets a new four-year, $21 million deal with the Seahawks. He is now the second highest paid kicker in the NFL behind Justin Tucker. Tasty. Dude, there's no better job in all of sports than being a kicker. Maybe a punter. Yeah, that's Brett Maher. Well, they, they signed a kid off the practice squad. I think that guy's going to be a one and done in the in this uh, San Francisco game. He misses his first one. He's getting sat. More trouble at uh, Michigan. Co-offensive coordinator Matt Weiss placed on leave pending an investigation into computer access crimes. Apparently, he accessed university email accounts without authorization at Schimbeckler Hall, which is where they have all their offices. Uh, he claims this will all be cleared up, no problem, but uh, the dates coincide with recruiting dates yeah. uh, and signing days, and so uh, who knows what he was up to. <laughs> uh, Everything's going great at Michigan, but don't worry, Jim Harbaugh says he's coming back. Uh, former Oregon tight end Cam McCormick has made his transfer decision. He will be headed to Miami, reuniting with Mario Cristobal. Okay. So someone was saying that because it's a medical, he doesn't count against their scholarship limits, too. So there may have been something to that. Mm. I just don't understand why someone, no offense to him, but would give him a scholarship after not necessarily a great history of being able to stay on the field. Winner. <laughs> Gamer. He's going to be a doctor by the time he graduates. If he, can play. he already has his degree and his master's. I don't know what he's going to get down in Miami. Jets are meeting with shamed Broncos coach Nathaniel Hackett about their offensive coordinator vacancy. I don't know why. Don't ask me why. Well, they are. But he's one of those guys that he ran a good offense. He just didn't run a good offense when he was in Denver. Did he run a good offense? He was in Green Bay, and LaFleur runs that offense. He didn't run a good offense. He had Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur. Maybe it's their plan to get Aaron Rodgers, just like it was Denver's plan to get Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, maybe. Isn't it weird to know? But wouldn't, they didn't hire him. They just interviewed him. Yeah, they interviewed him. him. Wouldn't it be interesting to know deep down, like you always hear that, like who is actually responsible for, you know, for the for offensive success? Because, you know, it's Not obviously him. it's a collaborative effort. They get these guys that go off on their own, and it couldn't go any worse. Right. It's like, yeah, it's like the Chris Peterson, Dan Hawkins. Yeah, thing. right. Hawkins without Peterson was garbage. <laughs> and, and Chris Peterson was just fine. Panthers uh, interviewed Bills offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey today. They will interview Sean Payton on Friday. Uh, Vic Fangio, former Broncos coach, interviewing for the Falcons defensive coordinator job. The Steelers have retained their offensive coordinator, Matt Canada. And Oregon associate head coach Adrian Clem is interviewing for the Patriots OC job. Uh, he has a tie to Belichick as he was the first ever draft pick of uh, the Belichick regime. Yeah, it was pick number 40, and then whatever it was, like 150-something picks later, that Tom Brady guy got drafted. About that. Pac-12 football schedules are out. They were released today. Oregon's looks pretty balanced. They have no back-to-back road games. Uh, They will visit Texas Tech, Stanford, Washington, Utah, and Arizona State. Those are the road games. Uh, The Ducks will host USC on November 11th. The Civil War moves back to Friday, November 25th, uh, Black Friday in Eugene. Uh, Oregon State has an easier road schedule. They visit San Jose State, Washington State, Cal, Arizona, and Colorado before heading to uh, play Oregon and Austin. Uh, UCLA returns to the Beaver schedule. They are in Corvallis on October 14th. Uh, The combined record of Oregon State's opponents 
a season ago, 80 and 54. Yeah. Oregon State, to me, has the best. If you're just looking on paper and saying who has the best path, it's Oregon State. Oregon State has their toughest games at home. They don't have any sort of gauntlets. The worst is USC's. Do you have USC's in front of you? US, USC, at the end of the year, they're, uh, they're like six of their last seven. It's just an absolute meat grinder. Um, when you look at their starting with Notre Dame, I'm going to pull it up here. So I think, like you said, Oregon's, to me, pretty neutral. Oregon State's very, very favorable. Um, but USC is the one that's a little spooky here at the end. So starting October 14th, they're at Notre Dame. Turn around the next week home against Utah, and then they got the next week at Cal, which whatever, and then they finished with Washington at Oregon and UCLA. So their final, Notre Dame, Utah, Washington, Oregon, and UCLA with only Cal to break that up. That's just, that's a that's mm-hmm. a gauntlet. And mm-hmm. Oregon or Oregon. so bad for them. Yeah, Oregon, Washington State, none of those teams have to go through something like that at the end of the year. Hot NFL Coach Talk next on The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We're vibing. Wednesday vibes. I just always think about that guy like on a skateboard drinking ocean spray or whatever. Yeah, now I hear this song and I just think of great weather. I can see that. It's a good weather vibe song for sure. Yeah. Fleetwood Mac is good weather music. Yeah, that's true. Well, not all. Like, Landslide isn't necessarily... Well, that's a, true. <laughs> they, can't, they can't all work. <laughs> so, so there's some sad and depressing stuff in there. But... Just reading about Lisa Guerrero. Uh-huh. Did you read this? No, I saw she has a book coming out. I follow her on Twitter. She does have a book coming out. And it's called Warrior, My Path to Being Brave. Okay. And in it... Is she a... What is... What did she do that was brave? Well, she's talking about how she was uh, a woman in a man's world and often criticized for her work and a lot of misogynistic uh, bosses and viewers and she was stressed and it was hard and she also considered suicide. So she just, you know, it's her memoir. Okay. She's telling what happened to her, but she gets very graphic. Um, And I'll spare you the deets, but she said she had a miscarriage on Monday Night Football. Whoa. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Like yeah. right there, like on the sidelines? And... Uh, well, yeah. She said, uh, the parts that I can tell you, she said um, she was doing her report from the sideline, and all of a sudden she felt intense pain in her abdomen. And from there, it, you know, she yeah. describes what happened. But uh, That's yeah. awful. Yeah. I always think of her. She was the one that uh, confronted Kenneth Copeland, wasn't it? 
that when Kenneth Copeland, she really, I think that was Lisa Guerrero, the Kenneth Copeland, the Jesus guy. Yeah, remember she? I think she confronted him about the airplane, and he's the one that was like, "Don't you dare!" And then he like went all sweetheart on her and was like trying to touch her. Oh, I'm really? pretty sure that's Lisa Guerrero. Oh. Yeah, because she was doing like Inside Edition. I don't think she does sports anymore. Oh, I don't know what she. I haven't seen her in a long time. Yeah, I thought she kind of alluded to the fact that she was kind of struggling mentally and 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 sort of walked away. I said I, I follow her on Twitter, but I I. I do believe it was her that confronted our hero of COVID who blew COVID away, uh, the man of the Lord, Kenneth Copeland. All right. Well, baller move while we were away. Cliff Kingsbury got fired and then rolled to Thailand with an open-ended ticket. With his smoking hot girlfriend who keeps Instagramming. Uh, oh, their, really? Yeah. What's her name? Oh, Not I that I... Uh, uh, if you just Google Cliff Kingsbury girlfriend, she keeps posting stuff. He's not in it, but she keeps posting oh. photos of herself in Thailand. And, oh. you know... I pictured him being single. I pictured him being... Well, he is. He's just got a gal. I, I'm guessing well, he... Well, you, you know, know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, her name is Veronica Bielik. She's very attractive. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah. You see why he has an open-ended ticket to Thailand and, you know... Yeah, Kingsbury's interesting. Um, first of all, uh, I didn't think much of him as a head coach, okay? But at the same time, after watching the, um, by the way, the last episode of Hard Knocks mm -hmm. in season with Arizona, yeah. if you haven't seen it, I have. Very much worth the watch. That's yeah. the J.J. Watt episode. Yeah, and then and the, Kingsbury. Kingsbury getting fired is strange. He just comes in and has like this weird, like he talks to his coaches well, in that big room. and He is a weirdo. He Okay, the thing about Kingsbury that you garner from that show is, mm -hmm is he's a really smart X's and O's guy. Yeah. I think he knows offense, and I think he can run an offense, and he's he's good at it. Uh, outside of that, he is a very uncomfortable man. He's not a leader. He's uh, He seems uncomfortable talking to people, relating to people. Um, you know, we all know people like this, right? Sure. And he's he's sort of like that. He even, he even mentioned that in that show that he he really, I mean, didn't work that hard. You know, I don't like. I don't remember that. Yeah. He, well, they were trying to paint him as like, oh, he's the first guy in the office in the morning, and he yeah. was driving in his car in the morning, talking about how, well, I didn't really, you know, I didn't really work well, that he, hard. He talked about watching Tom do it, right, yeah. and being like Belichick. Yeah, that's their cut from a different cloth. Yeah, man. and he's it was like, almost he like, realized I'm not like that, right? You know? But he's now doing a job like them, and kind of almost was admitting I, I don't have that right. gear like they, they were do. I think they were trying to paint him as wow he really works really hard because you know they try to make everything so positive in sure. that show and he was kind of admitting like I'm not wired that way I wonder though is that necessarily do you have to be that way well I don't know I think his fatal flaw I have no idea but it seems his fatal flaw was one he's got a really tough to deal with quarterback and yeah. two he just is not a leader of men he's a good X's and O's guy but you have to be more than just that yeah. to be a good head coach. And it seemed as if he was a little awkward and a little weird and um, maybe wasn't fully. I think he he just gives off the vibe that he wasn't fully into it outside of maybe on the sideline calling plays. I'm sure that's his, mm -hmm. you know, his love language, his sweet spot. He loves that. Outside of that, he just seemed like it was like, eh, well, and, and a pain in the ass. Well, and it's it's possible that yeah, dealing with that situation is it can can be. And by I'm the way, sure it can be challenging. Most coaches roll right back into the NFL. Not him. He's like, nope, don't want to talk to anybody. Yeah, which also lets you uh, into a little bit of how he's thinking is that he's probably burnt out. Well, he got twenty five or thirty million. We don't know exactly what his contract was, but he just signed a five year extension. So there's a buyout. I did see, however, though that. He has to be careful. I mean, maybe he doesn't care, but 
all those buyout languages when you get fired, they do have stipulations that I'm saying that you have to seek employment. So like you could you can't so in other words you can't just sit there and yes collect the dough yes why not they paid him to him so that all those usually have offset language in them so whatever you get as a let's say you go get an offensive coordinator job or whatever um that money comes out of your your buyout right it reduces it by that much so i, I did see that if, if if the cardinals wanted to and they're saying it's likely to not happen that way but if there was bad blood and and this is really hard to prove, but if you essentially have told everyone in the NFL, don't talk to me, I'm not interested, the Cardinals could go after some of that money if they wanted to, saying that you are not actively seeking gainful employment. Because if he were actively seeking gainful employment, he would get a job. One would think. I don't know if he's, he's probably not a head coach somewhere, but whether it's in college no. or the NFL, some would, some would give him an OC job. He might be the type that's wired. This He's like, he probably been there, done that as a head coach, and, you know, I'll just go be an OC. It's yeah. much easier. And, yeah. People leave me alone. Although once you've been the head guy, it might be hard to, to step yeah. back. Uh, and there was, I think it was Jim Caldwell said he's refusing to interview for anything other than a head coach. But, you know, he's been around the block and he's an Is older guy. Is he a guy. coordinator right now? I don't think Caldwell's coaching. Caldy? Yeah. I think he's out. But he said that he's not interviewing for anything other. But And I saw a lot of people that were giving him flack for that. And I, I roll my eyes at it. You think Sean Payton is interviewing for right. OC jobs? Caldwell was good. Caldwell was good. good he's coach. been a head coach multiple times. He's not going to sit all in and be like, well, I'm an OC. But, you know, there's there's certainly people that are that are critical of those sorts of uh, bold statements saying, well, if, if I can't be this, then I'm not going to be anything. Well, I say good on Kingsbury, man. Like, that's a baller move. Well, if he wants to, if he's smart. And he seems to be a fairly minimalist guy. He didn't have any furniture. Like, oh, do you see what he said about that? What? He basically said coaches are always moving. Yeah. So I don't even bother putting furniture in my house. Well, there you go. So if if that's kind of weird too. If, I mean, if he wanted to, I mean, technically, he probably doesn't have to work again for the rest of his life. You know, but he'll there'll be a he'll job. Be back. There'll be a job waiting for him when he wants it. I just don't. You know, this is two jobs now in a row that he has been fired, and he doesn't have a great record. I don't know why he would get another head coaching job right away, unless, you know, a smaller college. I think I'd hire him to just sit in a film room and just draw up my offense yeah. and work with my quarterback. Man. Well, that's what you heard about, like, Lane Kiffin, is that, and, and I think he's gotten better, but Kiffin even admits it that when he took the job at USC, all he wanted to do was coach offense, and that is not, that just doesn't get to happen. When you're a head coach, you are not allowed to just sit in a room. And this is something that even probably Lanning is coming up with. Like, you know, when you're the, the defensive coordinator, that's all you have to worry about. And when you're a, a a head coach, you can't just sit in your little meeting room. You have to go back and forth between the offensive yeah. defense and plan practices and recruit and all this. And it's it's a different animal being a head coach than just being a coordinator, especially when you're young. But Kingsbury is only, what, 30, it's like 37, 38? That's like, Buck's age. You can grow up real, real fast in this in this profession. Uh, he's forty-three. Four, oh, he's forty-three. Okay, so he's a little older. Still a nice age. Yeah, he's younger than me. Still though, I I just feel like I don't know. I think if you're going to be a head coach in the NFL, I hate to say this, but you really can't be as balanced as Kingsbury seems to be. Yeah, you have to be wi- you have to be wired like these whack jobs. Like it does appear that the vast majority of coaches that are uber successful yeah. are a little, and screwy. he's not like that. And yeah. I just don't, I don't know. It's, I can't think of weird... many others who aren't like that well, yeah. in, in some way. I mean, I think of maybe Bruce Arians, he kind of had a reputation of being a guy who uh, would tell his staff, go home, like, you know, whatever. Yeah. But like, there really aren't many who you could say, Oh yeah, that guy knows how to like, just kick back, relax and have a good time. They're, they're, they're few and far between. Uh, 
like I, I've seen it like when I was in Denver and again, it's very brief and it's not like I'm, you know, some NFL vet or whatever. I thought Mike Shanahan had a very, and that guy won multiple Super Bowls. That guy seemed to have a very good balance. He was not there at four in the morning. He didn't stay till four in the morning, and he wasn't there at four in the morning. He was the well, seemed, his son's not like that. His son is is obsessed. obsessed. Well, I think they were both obsessed in different ways. I mean, I think I think right. Mike was. I think Kyle's biggest thing is he he is like militant about the X's and O's, and like it, it he may have more balance. And he's a pretty easygoing guy with media and with players and stuff like that. But he is nuts about that stuff. I just saw two. The only two head coaches I was around for any period of time couldn't have been different, more different in their approach because one was John Gruden. I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen anyone more obsessed about anything other than him and football. And I saw Shanahan, who led a very a lot of people on that staff. Gary Kubiak was our OC, uh, very balanced. Ray Rhodes was kind of a he was a little uh, rest <laughs> in peace. Yeah, he was a little he was more on the gruff side. But like there seemed to be some balance inside that organization, and in Tampa it was not. Tampa was certainly a Monty Kiffin, John Gruden. No one leaves the facility. We're here all hours of the day. And yeah, the Sabins are like that, but I've known enough people that have like played and worked under Chris Peterson that say he had a great balance. Worked real hard, put in a lot of time, but there was a balance there. Also bailed. Also bailed. You know, and and uh, Mike Riley had a had a balance. I feel like Jonathan Smith uh has a has a decent balance um going down there at Oregon State. But I also think it's maybe easier to have that at a Boise State or an Oregon State than it is at Alabama. Well, all five jobs are still vacant. Indianapolis, Denver, Carolina, Arizona, Houston. The odds uh, say that the favorite for the next Houston coach is Jonathan Gannon. Do you even know who that is? Jonathan Gannon. Have I? He's the Eagles defensive coordinator. I couldn't say I knew that. So the odds are saying he's the he's the guy in Houston. Uh, who knows if that's true? Yeah. But you have Sean Payton interviewing uh, Jim Harbaugh, Dan Quinn. Those are the known quantities. Jim Caldwell. Uh, Brian Flores has resurfaced. Frank Reich. Uh, the unknown quantities are interesting. Shane Steichen of the Eagles, uh, Jonathan Gannon of the Eagles, Steichen offense, Gannon defense. defense. D'Amico Ryans from the Niners. Mm-hmm. He seems like serious head coach material. I feel like that dude will be a head coach within a year or so. And I know he's gotten some interviews, but it, it's not even a thing anymore, really, is Eric Bieniemy is still out there asking someone to give him a job. and yeah, No one likes him. No one, no. It's not happening. It's I guess not, the thing with him is he's too abrasive. It's got to be, because I, I feel like for the last, like, bad reputation. For the last like eight years, it, like at some point, it's not just about... Well, again, that goes back to the Kingsbury thing. Good X's and O's guy. Yeah. But not a great leader. Has to be. Just you got to be more polished. Somewhere along the line, someone would have given that guy a crack if he, if he came across even halfway decent. Kellen Moore is also out there. David Shaw. Yeah, Shaw's an interesting one because he was an NFL guy before Stanford. He could be a sneaky hire for like a Houston, I would think. Yeah, but they want a younger guy because they reunited with Davis Mills. Let's go. (laughs) Oh, that's right. That's a little too much, Stan. <laughs> they're going to reunite him with Bryce Young is what they're going to do because he's going to be in Houston real, real soon. All right. Uh, up next, let's talk Dallas Cowboys. How my, about them Cowboys? Cowboys. Uh, here is Buck Sports Center. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So we all have... um sports philosophies that you know we don't know if they're right we just think them right sure we do this as sports fans like here's what i think well we, we old, hear it all the time well it's the old deal it's hard to beat a team three times in a row actually it's not the vast majority of times you play a team three times in a row and you win the first two you win the third yeah or like adages like that most people you know they watch sports and they just get it in their head like this is what i think about yeah. how this operate how the yeah. whole thing like for example here one small one for me nba i think is nba is the easiest league to um sort of um dissect in a sense that it's it's simply about high level talent period end of story a lot more so than the other leagues yes yeah i mean like it's just there's nothing to it it's yeah. not hard to analyze do you have all-stars on your roster if you do <laughs> you're probably going to be pretty good if you're not you know stop talking about the 10th guy on the bench who you think's going to turn hey, into something hey, guess hey, what he's hey, not hey, hey how dare you say that about this little you go to hell so one of one that I've always had that and I think we've talked about this before but I think it pertains to a team that is relevant right now and again, I have no way of knowing if this is true. It's just something that I think mm. is that when you are in a city like um, I, I think of the old Cubs, you know, before they got over the hump, mm -hmm. Chicago, where, where it really matters. Fans love you like it, it is a big deal if you win. Like the Cubs were always the lovable losers. The Red Sox are another good example where they just had the curse and they just people care so much there mm -hmm. and they're so on edge. And I feel like that teams feel that i feel like teams feel it from media they sure. feel it from fans they they live in those markets it it seeps into them and i do think that it can interfere with winning at the highest level in certain not all but certain situations i think that of the cowboys hmm. i i think that so i heard somebody say that the that dallas is better off on the road and i started thinking about that going oh you know what that might be true us against the world, not at home with all, you know, big old Jerry's world and all the distractions and the media and everything. I feel like the pressure has mounted after 30 years of not winning a Super Bowl on the Cowboys to the point where they've got a little extra to overcome as opposed to other teams. Mm. I, I believe that. I believe that about markets. I believe that about certain teams like the Cowboys who have just a huge fan base and it matters so much more than like portland like portland is portland's a good example we are not a good market for winning not that not to say that you can't win blazers have been on the cusp many times have been a very good franchise but mm -hmm. it's it's a one-horse town here right like there, no other professional sports teams are pushing the blazers 
um, the fans are, I don't want to call them soft, but look, they're not Boston Philly gruff. Sure. You know, they, they just want to like the team and they're happy to have a team. I've never seen a lease, a, a less critical and demanding fan base than we have here. And I love, I think that's good and balanced, but at the same time, I don't know that it necessarily helps. It applies pressure. Your team, but then again, you can go too far with the pressure yeah. in certain markets. And I think that's what the Cowboys are having to go through. That's interesting. I, I can't say that I... Do you I've, buy my sporting philosophy? I think it's intriguing. I think sometimes with the... the what are they? It's, it's like a... What do they? What do they call that? Um, Self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, like that. Like like a bias where you have a preconceived notion, and so you you, you find you 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 do research that your theory. You know what? What 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 am I? Oh, you're talking about confirmation. Confirmation bias. bias yeah. Right. I think that kind of comes into play with this a little bit. I understand what you're saying, and in theory, I I I get that because. You do feel the the weight of 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 a of, of a city. You hear that, like from the Cubs when they win, or the Red Sox or whatever. You hear like, "Oh my God, we wanted to do this for the city." When LeBron bought, brought that title to Cleveland, right? You you can't tell me that you didn't feel that, or the pressure of playing in New York when you know we know not everyone can can succeed in New York. Being a quarterback in New York is a hell of a lot different than being a quarterback in Arizona, right? So all well, of those- I think Dak. You say New York. I think that applies to Dak. Yes. I think being a quarterback of the Cowboys is different than being a quarterback of any other team. And I, and I do, I, I do like that. I, uh, someone else said the Knicks line up with this theory in the NBA. Yeah, rightfully so. Same same sort of thing. Storied franchise, but haven't done anything in thirty years. But this is where I, I I would need to do like so. I would love to see someone like do like a, a PhD on this and do do some sort of deep dive because when I think about the Cowboys. And why they haven't a lot had had a lot of success in in thirty years? Yeah, there may be a component to that, but the bigger one is that once Troy Aikman left, it went to Quincy Carter, Chad Hutchinson, Vinny Testaverde, and old ass Drew Bledsoe, Tony Romo, who was okay, but those Dallas teams weren't good with Tony Romo. Tony Romo was a solid quarterback. He was like Kirk Cousins with not a great roster around him. And then you went to Matt Castle, and then you ended up with Dak Prescott. And, and finally, you know, after all these years, this is probably the best Dallas team we've seen in 30 years, right? It's got You have a real defense. You have a good old line. You have two running backs. Um, you have a good tight end, and there's weapons on the outside. And lo and behold, you know, it looks like maybe you're finally going to be able to get over the hump. So while well, I do, they haven't got over any hump. Well, I'm saying this may be the one. This may be the team that actually well, can go out and do it. Yeah, but, but if they don't, yeah, I get what you're saying. Like they they had some just crappy years. Yeah, sucked. Oh, sure. I mean, it, look, I'm not saying that every. It, it's not linear in a sense that, I mean, the Cubs were the lovable losers for so many years. They they had terrible teams. Yeah. Right. I'm not saying they're always good and never win. I'm just saying that when they are good, the pressure mounts to the point where they have an extra hurdle yeah. that they have to cross that other teams in other markets may not. And I think the Cowboys have this in spades, which is why I was thinking about who said, I forget who said it, uh, one of the ESPN talking They're heads was talking about how Dallas is probably better off on the road. I think it was somebody who used to play for them was saying it. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that, you know, that, because well, that kind of goes, like you say, confirmation bias, that kind of goes into my theory yeah, that like, I hey, this guy had was, this them. guy was here aha that's right and i feel like that's maybe true maybe this is the best way if the if the cowboys actually put together a good team that's one of the better in the nfl like they may have right now the best way for them to get over the hump is maybe be on the road and not be in dallas 
I, I can I can buy that. Like I said, I'm I'm intrigued by that, and I would like to hear some more on that and, and see some other examples of this. But the Dallas one does stick out like a, a bit of a sore thumb. And I'd also go down the road of, of what you're talking about here is the pressure that not only exists in Dallas because of Jerry Jones, but also the pressure that Jerry Jones applies even to himself. What does that do as far as making rash decisions, hiring and firing of coaches? Like that yeah. whole thing, it's it's almost like this this ball that Jerry Jones has created, and yet he's still a victim of it. See, that to me applies. The, the, the team that comes to mind when you're saying that is the Knicks. Yeah. Because you get in the Mets. I think the Met, this happens to the Mets. Yeah. Where you're in New York and there is pressure to win, yeah. and so then you you make decisions that aren't sound in your in 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 the sport. Yeah. They are rash to try to appease the you know the, you know where this criticism. is you know where this is happening right now, and it's a little bit different because they won. They won during COVID, but they won. Lakers. It's the Lakers, yeah. and they won. Remember, without fans. Without fans. And look, LeBron has won in multiple markets but, but still like what they're doing right now is not sound for there's not another franchise yeah. in the nba that looks at the lakers and be like that's well run they're chasing because they know they're the lakers and yep. they know they should be better yep. as opposed to just having a sound philosophy yep. that will over time yep. garner you win there's just an idea that in there we're the lakers we're the cowboys we can't just grow and develop which is why maybe the best thing that ever happened to Dallas was someone took the horn, the, the reins away from Jerry Jones and said, Hey man, we got to start actually building a real team here and not just you collecting the players that you think are sexy and are marketable. Yeah. And that seems to have played out. It, yeah. The last handful of years, they've, been it, much better. they've done a better job. Remember he wanted Johnny Manziel. Yep. And they, and I think the, <laughs> his, his kid was like, no. And they drafted Zach Martin. Well, you know, uh, Cowherd, I caught the beginning of Cowherd show today. And he was—he said he was dining with Sean Payton last night. Of course he was. <laughs> I love his... He made sure to tell you. Jesus. But it, so everything he said clearly came from Sean Payton. Yes. And he was talking about how ownership is everything. When Sean Payton is meeting with these teams, he basically said, you can see the dysfunction yeah. right there in the Zoom right meeting. The top. And that's the key. Like you, if you have ownership that cannot succumb to that and has a like robert Kraft is a great example of this because boston it is a market where that s matters right, right. you're competing against it's highly competitive celtics red sox bruins and robert Kraft, as as opposed to chasing his tail like the like jerry for so many years or the knicks owner um, or feeling the pressure and making rash decisions because of that robert Kraft had a philosophy yeah. and he stuck with it and look what it has got them. Yeah, it's the greatest dynasty in, in modern so football. It's all about ownership. Yeah. And Colin was basically just saying that's all Sean Payton's looking at yeah. when he's meeting with you. So you have good ownership. By the way, he's going to Denver <laughs> because it, he was raving about the, the meeting Waltons. with Denver. Yeah. And that the Waltons will basically just and, and by the way, the Waltons will probably pay him twenty five million dollars a year, which I'm sure Sean Payton doesn't care about, but he cares about it. Well the ownership group is all is not just well it's just one walton right yeah but and he, then like condoleezza rice is in there it's, and, it's walton he's but he said he met with all of yeah. them and there's like six of them that are all making decisions so and of course walton is the money but yeah. um i think that you know i don't know so that was interesting that is i just i mean because that obviously comes from a, a guy that would know what he's talking about although he played with an owner in new orleans who wasn't that great well the, maybe that's why yeah. he's saying that yeah. he, he understands the antithesis of yeah. that and he knows he's good. He's like, dude, I had a championship quarterback, and I was a good coach, and we only won one because of we because you know, of this yeah dip ass yeah 
that was that is not does not have a good reputation in the league and probably is like, hey, if I'm going to handpick where I'm going to go, I'm not doing that again. Makes sense. All right. Well, I have nothing else for you. Yeah, here they are. So here's so it's oh, you know who else is in it? Uh, Lewis Hamilton. Oh, really? Race car guy. No, I yeah, can't, I can't say I knew that. Yeah. Look, none of those people. You know, it's this is. This is Walmart money. <laughs> well, no, he's the money, but they are in. He, he said that they are in the meetings. Yeah, like they're the ones talking about. So he he's the the um, Walton guy. Yeah, has brought in people, different types of people, into his ownership group that he thinks would have good input Smart on. Smart guys, how to run a and gals. Uh, yes, how to run a, a successful kid. organization. So I'm seeing here the six of them are. Uh, I can't remember who it was. You said Condoleezza Rice. Rice was in it. Lewis Hamilton, F1 driver. Uh, Greg and Carrie Penner. No idea who that is. So Walton's the controlling owner. Uh, son-in-law, Greg Penner, so it's his daughter. Yeah. And then, so Greg's Walmart chairman. Uh, Melody Hobson, the first minority owner to be announced. Uh, CEO of Aerial Investments. I'm guessing that's probably a pretty heavy hitter. And she serves on the board for Starbucks and J.P. Morgan. Yeah, it was. She's married to George Lucas. Yeah, that's code for. Uh, yeah, I'm a big swinging. You know what? Condoleezza. <laughs> yeah, she's on there. Yeah, she, and she's she, done everything, everything in the world ever. Everything. And Lewis Hamilton's the young guy, and, 37, but, but probably knows something about putting together. A, you know a, what a team dynamic is with the the whole racing thing because that's a I guess yeah. complex structure top to bottom. I think his input would be interesting on that. That's a pretty. Isn't Look, that that's a, that's a pretty impressive group. Yeah, and there's their age, their age range from 37 to 77. Yeah, um, three African American, three white. Like Interesting. It's just, uh, yeah, all different age groups. And Peyton, Peyton was raving about him, huh. at least through Colin. So maybe that's him pandering for the job. It's I don't possible. know, but um, I just think that what Denver has going on is interesting. And can you fix Russell Wilson? Because if anyone can fix him. Well, but at least they recognize that you got to fire Hackett. Yes. Whereas the Chargers did not recognize <laughs> that you got to fire Staley. For Herbert. All right, it's 552 on the fan. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Oops. Good little mashup there, though. Right until the end. That was just a fun little thumb slip over here. Ah, the old thumb slip. Yeah, it'll get you. Had yeah. a few of those. Whoop. Yeah, it happens. How's your father? <laughs> <laughs> a little oopsie. Well, I can't wait. On that note, I can't wait for another uh, weekend of ads for Jesus. You've been seeing these? Yeah, I didn't know Jesus was making a big push. I feel like every so often, like a random product. Remember when avocados, like during the baseball playoffs, yeah. big avocado, like all of a sudden was like, hey, we need to eat more guac. Just showed up out of nowhere, kind of. Yeah, like out of nowhere, uh, Jesus off the top rope. Like Jesus has money to spend. I thought it was a pretty smart thing by whoever's doing it. I don't know. It's hegetsus.com. Yeah. And I went there. Did you? Don't think I didn't. What yeah, because I was like, wow. What is it? He gets us? Yeah, hegetsus.com. He gets you, Jason. He gets all of us. Does he? 
Well, that's what it says on the website. Well, now that you visited the website, you full convert or what's going on? No. Here? Well, I, I thought that that was a smart way to go about it because, you know, the idea of religion is souring to a lot of people, right? Yeah. The, or uh, the church. And so he... Main, so, mainstream religion is uh, Yeah. Is so dying. just advertising Jesus in general, maybe, maybe people are like, I'm down with him. But who... You know, when, he existed. Like, there's a lot of money in 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 commercial spots for the NFL. These aren't cheap. No. So my question is, who's behind it? Who's behind Big Jesus? He gets us. dot com. Who, like, I get the who's avoc- behind that. I know who's behind avocado money. Who's behind is is Kenneth Copeland? Because I don't think those guys spend money. They just get money. It, rem- it kind of reminds me of you remember the kind of uh, the positive like morals and virtues ones from like the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints back in the day that like used to yeah but be, I, like but the church has like a hundred billion dollars. I get where that money's coming from. I want right. to know who's in charge of this. Uh, so I'm wondering if it's the Catholic Church or just a, a, another predominant you know a another church within the Christian faith that has a ton of money. Well, you know, the fine print on the website it says uh, the LLC is campaign of he gets us. LLC. Yeah, see that's that, what it says. I think it's weird that I don't know. So who is that? I don't know. Hey, but if you go there, you can get a free T-shirt. Yeah, and the, you it's, know they it ask says, uh, the T-shirt just says that Jesus was wrongly judged. They ask important questions like, "Was Jesus ever lonely?" And I've often wondered that. Hmm. Or did Jesus party? <laughs> and like I've to, really wondered that because I like to party. I mean, you're a Bible guy. I mean, uh, Jesus hung around with sinners, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So he partied. I don't know. I don't think it ever, uh, you know, well, he did turn water into wine so that, you know, that, that happened. So maybe there was a little element. That's like the ultimate party trick. Like your party's dwindling and, you know, someone's like, I got this tap water. And next thing you know, you got Pinot coming out. That's kind of cool. Do you think they'll do ads for God next? Or is that a bridge too far? Yeah, that's the one one at a time. Where's where's the big Satan hats? Ah, where's the response? The yeah, where's the counterpoint? You know, <laughs> I've learned. The atheists start advertising. Exactly. I've learned it is a one hundred million dollar ad campaign paid for paid for by the Servant Christian Foundation. Oh boy, what is that? Who are these guys? So okay. now we need to you know peel back yeah. the onion more. We're, I don't get, know. we're getting further. A hundred million bucks. It is a nonprofit backed by a Christian donor advised fund. They are spending a hundred million dollars for Jesus commercials. Oklahoma. Huh? How about that? They're in Oklahoma. That's not a good sign. Well, I guess that is yeah. I guess that is more effective than the traditional method, which is to just stand outside of like the Super Bowl and Rose Bowl with that megaphone and then yell that you're going to hell. I, I see those quite a bit. So you want the church of the servant motto or a credo? All right, so this is the people behind the yeah. $100 million. The people who've made the ad buy, yeah. We are committed to partnering with God to create a community of authentic believers, reach the lost, and proclaim the gospel in our city and world. Okay. So right. it's a takeover. Yeah. I'm not happy about this. So is this like a new church that's like, you know, if you feel spurned by your other walks of life and churches come here? Is that what this is supposed to be? They're in Oklahoma City. No, 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 I'm still waiting on that whole voodoo thing to kick in for me. I got. And my, hey, you'll put, be happy to put know a lot of eggs in that basket. They will take your contributions. Oh, well, they need. Clearly, they don't need your money. They got a hundred million dollars to spend on TV ads. That's the only part that I don't get. So basically, why, why do they need all my money? They already have all the money. Yeah, they're just saying, "Hey, look at this Jesus guy." Oh, and by the way, pay us a little money. <laughs> Pretty good little scam. Well, I mean, it's all tax free, so. I know. Well, let's do that. I want to run a church. A lot of money in that. I think I could run a good church. I, I don't cool, think you could. I got some cool rules. Because we all know what your motive would be. 
I know. And it isn't God. No. Well, may, well, no one else's is either. Well, that's fair. <laughs> well, that was like the, the, the Scientology dude. He was going to write a self-help book, and someone told him, dude, you'll make way more money if you turn this into a religion. Yeah. You're yeah. telling me that you've seen the Righteous Gemstones. You're telling me that I can't be a gemstone? <laughs> now, that is a great show. I mean, come on. Is it Baby Billy? you telling me me and Baby Billy couldn't be up to something together? Get, me, get myself a tan and, you know, some Al Davis-like uh, warm-up jackets? I got this. All right, well, this weekend, be watching for it. If you guys haven't seen it, if you're yeah, watching football. It's a heavy-handed. They're, they're coming hard. They're coming hard with the Jesus ads. Yeah. It was a little shocking. You know, for a while, I remember pistachios were big for a while. We had the avocados. And then, uh, apparently, the, the new fruit of the world is uh, Go Jesus. All right, let's get to the club because we have an abbreviated club tonight. Um you don't hear much about polar bear attacks, yet here we are. <laughs> no, you, you really don't get a lot of polar bear attacks. It is 6.02 on the fan. Hey, it's Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 